0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Super Bowl preview of the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and these are my co-hosts, Trenton Sito and Tom Gorski. How are you guys doing today?
1: I'm doing absolutely fantastic. As always,
0: Trenton, I mean, the Super Bowl is a few days away. Tom?
2: Doing great, man. Uh, Just really excited to be here and talk football on a weekly basis with you guys. It's Super Bowl week. No, season's coming to an end, and then a whole the, new the season, season. The
0: longest season in history is coming to an end. I mean, and we have the perfect matchup to close it off. Too honestly, the with the Rams and the Bengals. One team has been playing real-life fantasy football all season, dealing draft picks, acquiring players, building a roster that is gotten them to this point where they've always wished they could be and one team who two years ago was the worst team in the entire league who's had a whose fortunes haven't been too great over the past couple of decades but now have seemed to have turned it around with the franchise quarterback Joe Burrow and now they found themselves in the Super Bowl and uh I mean that's what we uh what so we love about sports, isn't it? You never know what's going to happen on the, on a given day. Um, people call it the ultimate reality TV show for a reason. It's completely unscripted, and you don't know what can happen. So, all right, guys. With that, uh, we the last few head coaching spots in the league have officially been filled up. On uh, we discussed some of this on last week's show, but. The Miami Dolphins made this official this week with the hiring of uh, now former uh, offensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, Mike McDaniel. So I would just like to get your guys' thoughts on this new hiring.
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's a really good hire. Um, I was very high in Mike McDaniel. He was the assistant head coach to Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, he's a run game coordinator, offense coordinator. Uh, he didn't call plays. Because you know it's, you know it's Kyle Shanahan,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: um, you know he's very well respected around the league. He's young. He can relate to the players. He's got a very open personality. The players love him. He loves his fullbacks. Um, you know th- it's a fresh set of eyes that I think Miami definitely needs after Brian Flores. You need a coach that um is a good like people person and can relate to the players and won't give you um like smug like smug looks in the hallway at the facility because you messed up or something. You know, was, they need to bring the tension down in the Dolphins organization. And Mike McDaniel's the perfect coach. He's the opposite of Brian Flores. So um I, I really like the hire. They're gonna get down to running the ball. Um they're gonna try to take the pressure off Tua. You're gonna see Tua kind of maybe have like a you know kind of that Jimmy Garoppolo role where he's kind of like the game manager, build a solid defense run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. That's all he did in San Francisco. um, The Niners actually found his replacement already in Anthony Lynn. So, I mean, I think it works for both areas, but yeah, you know, I just, I think Mike McDaniel is it's definitely well-deserving of this. And um, just from a media standpoint, um, he's just going to be great to cover. He's just such a great guy. You know, he's so loose in his press conferences. He's going to be honest with you. Um, So, I'm excited. Uh, If I was a Miami Dolphins fan, I'd be really excited. I think this is one of the best hires of this process, and um, maybe he'll bring Raheem Moster with them to Miami.
1: Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he's he is possibly one of the most easygoing people that I've ever seen (laughs) being interviewed uh, just in the in the coaching staff of any team. I mean, hes he just seems like that kind of guy that you'll hang out with and the players seem to love him, so hes I think he'll be good, the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I only recently heard about this guy for the first time, maybe towards the end of the season. I mean, you you see some of his, uh, we're living in the area where we do, in the Chicago area, we're not really well-versed in, san francisco sports and what's going on there and their coaches and their issues like we only in my view you only hear about shanahan and you only hear about a coach like that if something bad is happening but again you would see clips of his press conferences like tom said and i think you also alluded to on last week's show uh, or uh whenever we last spoke about mcdaniel it's just that he presents that fun energy to him it's like he's only again he's 38 years old which is young he's studied under so many people he's been he's worked for both shanahans mike shanahan and kyle shanahan before his youth the guy's been around for i think roughly 15 years in professional football in some capacity
2: yeah he Uh, he, uh, used to be the ball boy for the Broncos, when Shanahan, when Mike Shanahan was the coach. Yeah, he was
0: like some, he started as an intern and then he basically grew himself that way. Um, I guess, uh, just to, to see the progression of where he went to and how he's been able to um, just implement and uh, trying to make his mark on every organization he's been to in any capacity. And like you said, offensive coordinator is of, the, of the 49ers, but not calling the plays, which is, I think, a good, thing because he's able to focus it's one less distraction that he can focus on the entire offense and fine-tune it to what needs to work in the situation that they're in and I think he will be working well with Tua I think he's going to be able to uh, tap into Tua's skill sets and get the mo- maximum potential out of that um, that other coaches uh, that Flores uh, Flores is obviously a defensive minded coach, but um, that others have not been able to at the moment and uh, mold that team into what he feels can be a I mean uh, caliber uh, championship caliber caliber level team. There we go, got that out. Um, I mean the, the the Dolphins don't even need a full; they're not in a rebuilding mode. Like they this team could. With the right fine like, uh, fine tuning, as I said, this team could be great. Like they had two back to back winning seasons, obviously, but they didn't make the playoffs. So there is something there, and it just has to be uh, refined. And I think McDaniel has the best opportunity right now to uh, to do that. And uh, if you watch any of his press conferences, like Tom, uh, you've said a great guy. Even in his introductory press conference, he was cracking jokes and making uh, making himself very uh, welcome in Miami. So it'll just be interesting to see what the results are once he actually gets to coaching these players and how they can improve themselves. Moving on, um, Trenton, this is, gonna, this is a name that's going to be very familiar to you uh, and me after uh, being fans of the Bears for as long as we have but uh, former Bears head coach and Buccaneers head coach Lovey Smith is now the new head coach of the Houston Texans who and I'm thrilled honestly I mean I loved having Lovie Smith as a head coach of the Bears uh, since he left this team has not been the same I mean uh, we've had a losing record if you look at the overall wins and things and just shows that he had established something with this team in, in, with the Bears when he was here with the right players and was always competing and when he went to Tampa he didn't have that same success because he didn't have quality players like that but I think now after being away from the, the head coaching job for as long as he has making a stop in college at U of I and then being the D coordinator in Houston now just getting elevated to the head coach, I think keeping him with that team and those players is a, is a good step for Houston and a, a potentially a, right, a step in the right direction uh, to get that team back on track. Because as you know, Trenton, this team has been dysfunctional for the past couple of years. And um, I think he he's, Lovie Smith is the right guy to take charge and fix that ship.
1: Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, a lot of the critics have said that his his old Tampa two scheme is not going to translate well. And I mean, his defense was not great this past season in Houston, and he also could not really find success at the University of Illinois. But I don't know. It's a it's a new opportunity for him. A new page in his book. He's back as a head coach once again. I mean, I think players respect him. And yeah, all the best to him. Same, uh, same beard, though. Same beard. Yes. It's, uh, it's quite impressive, that beard. I'm you know, he never, had,
0: he never had that bear, beard when he was a Bears head coach. That was as soon as he left, like he went to U of I. And
1: that's when the beard came. So it was weird after a while, but now I'm used to it. Yeah, he went all uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in his little retirement from the NFL. <laughs> yep. Also, uh, I was looking up
0: well, on the Bears note here, the Texans do come to Chicago this year uh, to play a home game. So, just a fun note. Tom?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, there is absolutely zero reason Lovey Smith should even be a head coach in the National Football League right now. Um, to me, this comes across as being uh, – a kind of a fall guy. Um, everyone knows that they wanted to hire Josh McCowan as head coach, but no one thought McCown was qualified enough. So to me, this is a PR reason.
0: Not, not at this point.
2: Uh, I think they wanted to hire McCowan, but I, and I think Flores is the guy who they probably would have hired besides, but with the lawsuit going on, um, they went to Smith. I mean, I, I heard McCowan's going to be on staff. So this is like, as like a quarterback's coach or something. So this kind of comes across to me as, Lovey Smith's going to be the coach for like probably this year. And then he'll be relieved of his duties in by the end of next year. And they'll promote McCowan within just to kind of uh, lower, lower the blow. But I mean, Lovey Smith, he hasn't had a winning season as a head coach in over a decade. His last time you want, he had a winning season, including uh, his time at Illinois. Well, you know, he hasn't had it since Chicago when he went 10 and six and he was let go. Um, you know, he has a 17 and 39 record at Illinois in five years. He was, horrendous over there he was horrendous with the Buccaneers um, there's just really no reason for him to be a head coach um, Times passed so this is nothing more to me than just being a fall guy or trying to or the Texans trying to be goody goody with the league. Um, they honestly should have just if you should have just kept David Coley you know he won four games last year the team that was arguably a two win roster. So I mean, again, the Texans are going to text him. The Texans are going to Um and Nick Sirianni's going to be books. going back to New England anytime soon. He he'll be gone within a year or two. They are the most dysfunctional team in the entire National Football League.
0: And Trenton will keep writing
2: books. They keep putting Trenton in business. <laughs> I just feel bad for story. the players, man. I feel really bad for the players that they have. You know, they all love David Coley, and now you got to play for like Lovey Smith, which is which he's. He, he's a good guy to play for, but it's like, you know, you're not going to win. You know, that's like the toughest part. And um, I just, you just don't, like, I just feel really bad for the players. You know, I feel bad for, you know, I mean, I don't feel bad for Watson because, you know, with all of his legal issues going on and he's not really even been part of it the last two years, but like, I feel bad for like Brandon Cooks, you know, Brandon Cooks deserves to be on like a championship caliber roster. And he's wasting the last years of his prime at an organization who just they just can't hire the right guy. And I don't, you know, I just, I don't get it. I just feel terrible. I really, really do because I actually like the Texans and a lot of their players deserve better and they could have done a lot better than love you Smith. So I think they just overplayed their cards. And by, and when it kind of came towards the end of who we going to hire, like you really going to go with Jonathan Gannon, Joshua Cowan, Brian Flores, like, Lovey Smith came out of nowhere, too. So, that it just shows, like, the panic moves that they're making in Houston. Uh, I just, again, I just feel really bad for the players. They they deserve better than Lovey Smith, and they deserve better than the entire Texans organization. Ownership's got to move the team – or sell the team, my bad.
0: Well, we know that's never happening.
2: Um,
0: but, yeah, fair enough. That's a fair enough point that you raised. Uh, we'll just have to – as it is with every – Every year, every new coach, every hire, we just have to wait and see. What if we, the best, the best case scenarios that we're pleasantly surprised with the results that come out of Houston and see what happens. But uh, I don't know, we're just sitting here in February waiting for results that will come, that won't come at the earliest until September. So we can only wait and see. Moving on, the uh, New Orleans Saints also kept in-house. Uh, by promoting Dennis Allen to replace Sean Payton, uh, so uh, stability again, and that's one thing I've always enjoyed. And if the right guy is there and you can find them in-house, then let's promote him and get them to uh, leadership. So what do you guys think of the move to uh, hire Dennis Allen?
2: I think it's pretty predictable. Um, you know, he was the most logical candidate after Sean Payton cowered out and left once it got tough for the salary cap. But, um, you know, I mean, I don't, I think the Saints are probably going to tank this year. Um, There's just, they have so much salary shed. I don't see how they could even possibly put out a winning team out there. So, with that, Den- I mean, it wouldn't shock me if like Dennis had like a really rough year and they had like a two or three win team. And then they get like the number one overall pick and get like a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. And boom, Sean Payne comes back out of nowhere. Oh, I'm fully rested. Um, that's just kind of like the guy he is. But again, I mean, it's, it's a good hire. They were never going to hire Flores. Um, Eric B enemy, they brought in that they were never going to hire him. Dennis Allen was always their guy. Um, I think the saints and ownership knows it's going to be a rough year. It's going to be really rough. So we might as well just like promote the guy within. And then if Sean Payne wants to come back, um, Dennis Allen will just go back to defensive coordinator. Um, so I feel like it's a pretty easy hire. Um, the expectation for the saints, I think ought to be really low considering they're going to have to get rid of probably Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, um, Teron Armstead. So, I mean, I don't know what type of team they're even going to have out there. So, um, I guess it's just some extra money in the pocket for Dennis Allen signing a multi-year deal as head coach. Cause you know, once you get fired as head coach, you get to collect all that money after assuming you don't take another head coaching job. So he could just collect that money and stay as defensive coordinator if, or when Sean Payton comes back. um, Again, I just think it was a very predictable hire, and uh, Saints are just going to do the best they can with Sean Payne gone.
1: You guys think they're going to do a quarterback? I mean, Jameis Winston is hitting free agency. They have Taysom Hill, but are they using him as quarterback, or are they going to move uh, a lot on?
2: A will tell if they draft one, because I think they have, like, the 18th pick. So, I mean, there's going to be guys like Matt Correll, Carson Strong, Sam Howell. Um, all those guys are going to be available. It's just I don't know if they're necessarily going to want to take one. Um, so they, they might even get Winston back on a discount, considering he's coming back. That's what a- I was thinking. Three. That's
0: what I was th- – I'm saying if they if they can get Winston back, I think they take him. Because even before his injury, I don't know if Sean Payton was the play caller. He's not there anymore. Um, I still think that Winston was showing that he could lead this team to an extent. He doesn't have to be – Franchise guy, but he was still a capable player, and was kind of redeeming himself a little bit and having putting up good numbers before his uh, season unfortunately ended. So I think if they get if they're able to get Winston back at, at a discounted price, especially considering their whole salary situation, I think uh, I think that's the guy to go with. But uh, I do they not, might not suggest- be able to afford him. Well, no, that's what I'm saying at a discounted price. I mean, if that's if 75 they're looking-
2: million over the cap
1: currently.
0: Yeah, they're they're gonna have to. Uh, I do I do not see Taysom Hill taking the starting quarterback position, and obviously, sorry, okay. Trent, I don't see I don't see Simeon taking the starting quarterback. No. Position. <laughs> I mean, I like the guy. I watched him in college. He's one of the few college quarterbacks that I actually know of because I watched uh, North. I used to watch I watched Northwestern's football because I have a connection to that school, but. Uh, uh, that's to the extent that I know college football. So
2: um, Ian Book season. What? It's Ian Book season.
0: <laughs> Ian Book. Oh, I forgot about him.
2: Spent a fourth round pick on him last year. Maybe, maybe they will give him a year to develop.
0: Did he win? The, did he win that game? He played and he lose
2: against Miami. Forgot. No, uh, I think they lost. Um, they lost. He threw like uh, he, he he threw like two picks. I think. I think he threw a pick six in the first half.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I think he threw it on his like first or second play of his career. Or something. No, but uh, yeah, now that you mention it, I I had forgotten he existed um, because of that. But um, yeah, I mean the Saints are definitely changing the, their team. Um, did you guys see on Netflix? There's a movie about Sean Payton when he took that one, was suspended for that one year because of Bountygate. Yeah, and, uh, I actually watched it last weekend, and it was a. It was an enjoyable movie. I, I enjoyed it. So, uh,
2: I wonder how much of it's actually true. I think yeah. most of it's true. He
0: he even had his own. He even had a cameo in the movie. Towards the end of the movie, Sean Payton had a cameo as a janitor. So, uh, uh, just a side note. Okay? So if you're looking for a movie recommendation, I'm not putting not saying it's Oscar worthy, but I'm saying it's a good time to watch. A, it's I mean, a good movie to watch. Evan
2: James is in it, so I mean it's got to be pretty funny. It's gotta no, pretty it was funny.
0: good. It was it was a good enjoyable time. I know it didn't get the best reviews, but if you're just looking for a movie to sit down and watch with like your family or just on your own, go for it. Who cares what the?
2: I want to know how they came to terms with like uh, Kevin James playing him.
0: No, I get. Yeah, I mean he doesn't look anything like him, but uh, Kevin
2: Bacon. Kevin Bacon would have been a really good actor for him, I think.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, when you're going to the comedy aspect of it, Kevin James
2: is uh is a
0: better choice. But uh again, it's a good time. It's a good, it's a it's a decent movie if you're looking for to kill an hour and a half of time. Uh, moving on, the commissioner had his uh Super Bowl press conference yesterday. No, not yesterday, a couple of days ago. Um, sometime this week, whatever day this airs. Um so Stop me if you've heard this before. The Washington, now um, the commanders, the Washington commanders are facing some sort of scandal. Again, the, I mean, it's like a never-ending cycle with this team. They, the team can't seem like they just had a good publicity with their new name, and all of a sudden there's new scandal with their owner comes out. And you're talking about ownership that needs to go. I think uh, Daniel Snyder needs to just be forced out of his team. And the commissioner said it uh, in this press conference, I believe, that ownership of the league, if they do get together, they do have the power to essentially force someone out of their owner owning the team and force them to sell the team. So, um, But in this new situation, the, it was reported that uh, the commanders will appoint their own um, investigation into new workplace misconduct allegations that have arisen. But then the commissioner stepped in and says no, the league will be conducting this investigation because um, he essentially said, I don't know how a team, this is not a direct, paraphrase. I don't know how a team can investigate themselves. Which is 100% logical statement, Tom. You did something bad, but uh, we want you to figure out what you did and just take care of it. And uh, nothing's ever going to come of that. We've seen that before. So um, the league is going to do a thorough investigation. I hope, and I hope, significant changes come out of this because Washington, the team itself, is full of good people. Ron Rivera is a good a person. Ron Rivera is a good person, a good head coach, but the organization, the business aspect of it, that's a train wreck. That's like Houston, kind of. Yeah, and, you know,
2: uh, and there's players who want to play there, you know. Like, so the fact that even you you have that toxic of ownership, and like Russell Wilson is willing to waive his no trade clause to play for you guys, um, that kind of tells you a lot. Of like, you have a championship caliber roster. Um, it's just, it's just a shame that um. The ownership and just it, the whole organization has been toxic and just unculture like the last twenty plus years. Um, it's just really sad, and uh, they deserve better. The fans deserve better, and the players more than anything deserve better.
0: The uh, the lawyer of the person who is raising this uh, accusation, uh, Tiffany Johnston. Who's a former team employee? The lawyer says uh, when Washington announced they were going to announce they're going to do their own investigation, it was announced that um, she would not, the the lawyer saying that Johnston would not participate and called it a sham and a desperate public relations stunt. Those are the words used. And then when the NFL said they're going to step in and take and investigate and not allow Washington to conduct it. The lawyer said that apparently the NFL has also recognized how absurd it is to think Dan Snyder can investigate himself. If the investigation is truly independent and the NFL commits to making the findings public, my clients will be happy to participate. So, I mean, you need independence when you come to any type of investigation. You can investigate yourself. And hopefully this kind of brings to an end of the toxic culture brewing in Washington for all these years. They have a new name. Let's get a fresh start now.
1: Oh Trendon, anything all else to said, add? No, I don't think so. It's just it's become a very tiring Sega with the the Washington commanders. It still feels weird to say commanders. It does.
0: I mean it's... I got so used to I got so used to saying football team and now it's commanders. So
1: yeah, it's uh, oh man. What's uh what's gonna be the next scandal that comes out of there? There's gotta be something else, I'm sure.
0: It's honestly come to a point. It's like a Washington and scandal. First you think it's political scandal. Nope, it's the commanders. They've come up with that like again, like we said, great team. Great players, great coaches, terrible ownership, terrible workplace culture. If that changes and you have proper people in charge who care about those in the organization, then this team is going to be one of the best teams out there, in my view.
2: They're just a quarterback away. Yeah, they're just a quarterback away. They are a Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson away from arguably being the NFC favorite every year.
0: Who, who was their quarterback last year? Do you guys remember?
2: Taylor Heineke. Ah, Heineke. Then a few years back, they had um, Dwayne Haskins. Sub- David uh, O'Connell some, worked with Haskins a few years back with Keenum as well.
0: They had something good going when they had Alex Smith. I mean, when he went down, they were like 73. I think that guy was the guy. But, of course, unfortunate circumstances derailed that situation, and uh, they just haven't had a guy of that caliber since. So, Trenton, this next news will excite you. The Peyton-Eli mancast cast will continue on ESPN2 through 2024.
1: It's uh, It's been one of the highlights of this season, honestly, to be able to it see has. Peyton and Eli just – basically just shooting the breeze while chilling and watching a, a football game. Um, I mean, between Eli poking fun at Peyton's forehead in basically every episode or Peyton just trying to eat, (laughs) trying to eat his dinner in peace. My God, just let the man eat. But um, yeah, it's, it's made for good TV. It's made for some fun moments and, I don't know. what's What are they going to do next? Are they going to change it up a bit? Is it still going to be only them two? Maybe now that Tom Brady is retired, is he going to start making more of a appearance maybe as a co-host or something? Co-host? We don't know.
0: I mean, I love the Manning cast. I mean, as I, think I told you a few times, I would sometimes watch the Manning cast compared to the regular ESPN broadcast because the insight that these two bring, two high-caliber former quarterbacks, bring into the game bringing their analysis, dissecting the plays, talking, cracking jokes with each other, interviewing guests. It was, it made watching Monday Night Football enjoyable. Now, obviously, when the Bears played the couple times they did on Monday Night, first of all, the Manning Cast wasn't on. They were on. A, they were taking a break. Second of all, I wouldn't even watch the Manning cast because I need to focus on the game. But if we a pure entertainment standpoint, I love the Manning cast. I'm glad to see that they'll be continuing on for the next couple of years. And who knows, like both these guys are in retirement. This could honestly just be the start. They both have shows on ESPN, Plus, I believe, too. So just to see where they're able to continue in their post playing career and seeing how they're able to leverage this medium of television has been something you would never have thought of when they were playing. But now that they're retired and they're having fun, keep at it. It's more entertainment for all of us to enjoy.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're very, I think they're very entertaining. And I think that's how, Um, I think that's what, I mean, we're get, I mean, are they going to be uh on the Amazon broadcast potentially? I heard there was like, rumors of that they're on
0: espn right now i think the rumors over the brady would start uh go out go to the amazon broadcast that's the rumors are no but the mannings are on espn they're sticking with espn yeah
2: because i know that there's rumors of them being poached espn you know espn is they did extend them based off
0: for two uh, years too so
2: years okay so i like it um i've watched the manning cast a few times they always have a lot of guests on there um, Big fan, Peyton Manning, great personality. Um, Eli, you know, he always came across like the shy guy, but he's starting to open up a little bit. Oh, really-
0: definitely, and especially, it's the comfort of two brothers just talking football. It's just broadcast in front of millions of people in the world. So did you guys, when the draft was happening at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, there was a, like a Zoom calls of, uh, like, a, I forget what they called it, but like every night of the draft, they would have, like, a Zoom call on YouTube of just different players and celebrities just popping in throughout the draft, just talking and having conversations. This is what the Manning cast reminds me of. Like, I would, like, I remembered on the first night of that draft, Brady came on, Russell Wilson was also on in the same call, and uh, Russell Wilson was, like, sitting in his car taking the Zoom call, and Brady was just cracking jokes at him. He's like, "Would you get kicked out of the house or something? You can't, like, it's just things like that that the world uh, gets to see these players from a totally different perspective. And it just changes the way you view the game and think for, and of course, the NFL and its TV company partners are always looking to expand audiences, expand profits through. There's only certain ways you can, so many ways you can uh, present a football game from different angles or Cameras that you use, or anything like that. So, having things like this is another way to just enhance the viewing experience. All right, guys, let's get to the reason why we're actually here today.
1: Previewing talk about the Super Bowl. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the Pro Bowl. Oh, <laughs> uh, you want to about <laughs> the, the biggest games? The biggest game in the league is the Pro Bowl. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you're right. It's the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> so I've been indecisive. I have not made a pick yet. I've been going through the pros and cons, switching. I mean, I talked to you guys before the show and like you could easily pick. There's a reason both these teams are in the Super Bowl. There's not like one team that outright um, is a winner in my view. Like, there's a reason they, they both fought their way through great opponents in the season, in the playoffs, and now they've reached their their last two teams standing. So I've not made a pick yet, so I'll do that at the end. Uh, But uh, let's just get your thoughts on the game and where you see this going and just, uh, yeah, preview it.
2: Um. Well, you know, I think the Rams have a really good chance. Um, one, they have home field advantage. So, like, that automatically uh, gives you a huge advantage. I mean, are we possibly going to have back-to-back champions of winning the game in their home stadium? It's a nice storyline. Yeah, um,
0: after, what, 54 years of that not happening?
2: Ever? Yeah, um, I think Don't a lot They're playing of in
0: their stadium, too.
2: Yeah, um, I think, you know, it, it's tough because – I just think the Bengals have so much momentum right now, and all Joe Burrow does is win wherever he goes. You know, so he's, got, true. he's got that moxie to him, that Tom Brady moxie to him where he's lit it doesn't matter how many times he gets sacked. It doesn't matter how many interceptions he throws. All he does is find a way to win. He could get sacked nine times like he like he did against Tennessee, and he drives them down and they, you know, they go with the game, you know, they go and also beat Kansas City. So, I mean, I think so far the Bengals have been the more impressive team in the playoffs between the two, simply because, you know, the Rams. The Rams have been very lucky. Um, you know, they put a pounding on the Cardinals. Easy. You know, it's a great win. Kyler Murray. I forgot they even played. Like, the other, you know, day, I was, the other then,
0: day I was going through all the playoff teams trying to think who made the playoffs this year. And I was one team off. And I'm like, who fits this last slot? Who was in this? Now I remember the Cardinals were in the playoffs. But continue, please.
2: Yeah, uh, and then when they played the Rams uh, in the divisional round, I mean, they kind of snuck out with that game. They blew a, what is it, a 24-point lead? 27 point yeah, lead.
0: it was like 27-3. to 3 And then the so, and mean, If it back, wasn't and...
2: for a busted coverage by Todd Bowles on their Tampa 2 defense that they had on that one, um, you know, the Brady's probably going to be playing in another Super Bowl, so you know, they it was a big time throw by Stafford, don't get me wrong, but um, it's just the fact that you blew a 20, like 24, 27 point lead, it's or 21, whatever it was. Like when you blow a 20 plus point lead, it's kind of concerning. And uh, when they played the Niners in the conference championship, Jaquiski Tart, uh, he dropped a, pretty much a game sealing interception. That is true, he, he catches that interception. The Niners are in the Super Bowl. So, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, back-to-back games. You kind of sneak out with the – like, you, they kind of snuck out with the win. So, it's just, to me, I think the Bengals have a legitimate chance to win. I typically go with the best quarterback between my matchups when I pick them. It's tough because, I mean, Burrow, tough. Burrow and Stafford are, like, eye and eye. I mean, Burrow's got the – Burrow's likely going to have the better career when it's all said and done. But, I mean, right now, Stafford's on fire. But well, the big question yeah, is – because Stafford's Kendall playing some of the years
0: in Detroit.
2: Yeah, but is Kevin O'Connell going to be focused? He's supposed to be coming up with plays with McVay and script these plays and have his eyes focused, uh, have have his mind focused on this. He's been hiring coaches all week for when he takes the Vikings job next week. He's been putting together an entire staff all week long. And last time we saw a coach get hired um, like this, it was Kyle Shanahan with Atlanta. And we saw how that worked out. He wasn't fully focused. If he was focused, they would have ran the ball consistently to stop the or to eat up the clock in the second half. But nope, he wanted to uh play with those little shiny toys, you know, start passing the ball, and then eventually Brady came back. But I mean, so there's so many like obstacles that I think the Rams have to like overcome. Um, so I just think the Bengals had the momentum. Whoever makes the least amount of turnovers is probably gonna win this game, and I think this is gonna be a low-scoring game. A lot of people are gonna spend the high power. Uh, high power offense with the Rams. High power offense with the Bengals. It's gonna be a low scoring game. I'm gonna go Bengals, 24-21, And I think McPherson might hit a game winner.
0: Imagine if he does. <laughs> Imagine if he does. Oh,
2: looks like we're gonna go win the Super Bowl, guys.
0: <laughs> I mean, if he's in that position where he knows he can make the kick, then he's making the kick, and he's gonna, he's definitely gonna make it in. Um, I mean, my view, Tom, you touched on everything. I mean, Stafford and burrow they are very identical in the way they play the game. Uh, the Rams, they just sneak... I mean, I can send the opening here. The Rams literally play, have been playing fantasy football in real life to get to this point. And it is paid off. And But if they don't win, it is going to be viewed as a disappointment because of how much they have given up to get to this point. So they, they're in a position where they have to win. The Bengals are that Cinderella story where you did not expect this to happen, but you are present, pleasantly surprised and happy that it did. And just to see where this comes in. And honestly, I know I've been going back and forth, but my gut is telling me that the Bengals will win this game. I mean, if the Rams win the game, great for them. I'll have, I have no gripe against that. But just. Who I want to win the game, I'm taking the Bengals. And I mean, uh, the Bengals. Joe, there's something about Joe Burrow. Like you mentioned, Tom, I, I can't uh, you can't ignore that. I mean, um, the what this guy has gone through the past year, coming back from his injury, coming back and playing at this high level. Um, it's and both defenses are great too. Both offenses are great. Burrow, that Burrow to Chase connection is, is deadly. Like, it will, if the Rams' defense does not uh, cover well, then they're, they're, they're done like that. Because we know Burrow is always going to Chase, and Chase knows the ball is coming to him. And the defense knows that too, but it's just that connection, that, that bond that they've always had that uh, sets, sets them apart, and that's where I think this is going.
1: Yeah, it's, it's two different teams that have so many weapons on offense. Um, Cooper Cup is always going to be open. I think throughout True. the entire game, Cooper Cup's just going to be open.
0: He didn't play in the last Super Bowl that the Rams win. He
1: was hurt. Right. And... Torn ACL. Yeah. Which he's... There's no sign of that now. I mean, no, nobody can... Nobody can cover him. Uh, and like you said Jamar Chase is he is the guy for the Bengals but i don't know i worry about the Bengals offensive line cuz that's always been that their problem true. and Joe Burrow has just been steamrolled this entire season i think he was the most sacked quarterback in the regular season as well. If he,
0: if he wasn't, he was, like, right up there. Cause like, but just imagine now the Rams coming up. You got Donald, Donald coming on one side. You got Leonard Floyd on the other side. Then you got Von Miller coming on one side, too. It's, like, it, it is going to be tough. And it's going to be a challenge. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if if the pass rush can't get to him, then he's going to make them pay.
0: Oh, then he'll then then he slice and dice that team up.
1: Right. And um, keep moving
0: them down the field.
1: But I think the main weakness I can see for the Rams is Matthew Stafford because when he's on point, you know, he's as good as any other quarterback. But he
0: led the league in interceptions this year, right?
1: For like when, 17. So when he throws one pick, there's probably another pick coming.
0: It starts, snow, it starts snowballing. Yeah. I, I, that's been an issue with him. I think uh, when he's even back in Detroit, when he was great, he was great, but then he, also did have multiple mishaps in it. But uh, this will be a fun game. I am counting on it. Um, entertainment. And uh, it will be a good conclusion at the end of a um, successful football season. Another one played through in the midst of a pandemic. So yeah. this will be the second football season. And hopefully the last one that we will have a pandemic in.
1: So, um, yeah.
0: Anything else to add, you guys?
1: I'm gonna go with Bengals. If that wasn't oh, clear. Oh yes, I
0: forgot. I forgot. <laughs> you, you may not a major pick. Sorry. So all three of us are going Bengals.
2: Uh, speak into existence. I mean, I, I, mean, the Rams are the obvious pick.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. That's I why I think been the Bengals have week.
2: a really good chance. Yes, a hundred percent.
0: Whatever team comes up winning, I think uh, they'll be well deserved. But for the sake of making picks, the three of us are going with the Bengals. All right, so that does it. We will obviously recap this Super Bowl and all the events that come from the rest of Super Bowl week. Any news uh, on next week's episode. So until then, thank you all for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We hope you enjoy Super Bowl weekend. And don't forget to follow us at BillMallet15 at Trenton underscore and Thomas Gorsky 33. Please stay safe and enjoy the Super Bowl.
1: Remember your franchise is a dumpster fire when the fire alarm actually comes on during the press conference.